0: Welcome to Lotus Village Voices, the official podcast of Lotus House Women's Shelter in Miami, Florida, the largest of its kind in the country. My name is Jackie Roth, and I'm your host. On this show, we explore trauma-informed, innovative solutions that truly break the cycle of homelessness while amplifying the voices of the women, youth, and children we serve. Today, we have a very special guest, Becca McCharen Tran who facilitates our sewing workshop series in the Art Lab and is also founder and creative director of the Miami-based swim and activewear brand Chromat. We've had a blast with these sewing classes the last two years. Guests learn how to upcycle a new garment using donated items from our thrift store while learning basic sewing skills to mend, alter, or make their own clothes. These workshop series always culminate in a celebration in our pavilion where guests get glammed, model Chromat garments with their own creations, and have the full runway experience. When we think about the diversity we see nowadays on the runways and the shift towards sustainable supply chains, Chromat was really one of the first to walk the walk. Becca and I discuss how the Chromat philosophy intersects with our mission here at Lotus House and how other brands can push the needle forward towards a more holistic vision of inclusion and accessibility in the fashion industry. Without any further delay, let's get to it. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Yes. What an honor. I did a little... Research and I'm gonna fire off some of your accolades and achievements. <laughs> um, so you're the CEO, founder, and creative director of Chromat is your brand. You're a CFDA member, Council of Fashion Designers of America. You currently have some garments from your brand in the Met Costume Institute for the current exhibition. Your garments have been worn by Beyonce, Madonna, Nicki Minaj. You recently were awarded the National Design Award from Cooper Hewitt Museum. Your Forbes 30 under 30 pick for people who are reinventing the world. So a lot of huge achievements. You're a major force in fashion. But working with you interpersonally, you're very grounded and down to earth and easy to work with. Um, And it's been such a pleasure working together. So before we get into the nitty gritty questions, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about Chromat in your own words,
1: the vision and philosophy of the brand. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's an honor to be here. And it's so weird hearing my bio. I'm like, dang, that sounds impressive. But it doesn't (laughs) feel like I don't feel those like accolades in in my heart. Maybe I should take them to, to heart. But Yeah, um, I started Chromat in 2010. And um, Chromat is, well, when we started, it was structural experiments for the human body. I was experimenting from my architecture background and making these kind of scaffolding like um, structures. And Chromat has evolved so much in the past Mm -hmm. 10 plus years. I would say that now people know Chromat because we, since the beginning, have always featured a lot of different shapes and sizes and places on the gender spectrum, lots of different people and Chromat Babes on the runway shows and our campaigns. And for me, that was normal. Like that's the world that we live in. That's my friends. That's my community. So I of course wanted to feature all those people in our shows and our campaigns. And it's exciting to see, I guess, the fashion industry catching up to that. Right now, one of our big categories at Chromat is swimwear. Swimwear is like a huge part of what we do. And We just launched a new collection in collaboration with Tourmaline, and it's swimwear for girls who don't tuck, so trans femmes who want like a swimwear with soft package pouch and uh, matching bikini tops and different ranges of um, gender presentations. We're always kind of looking at swimwear as a platform to kind of tell stories about different genders and different shapes and sizes and always making sure that People that have, have stor- historically been excluded from the fashion industry are centered in Chroma and using our platform to tell, to just like show the luminosity of our community.
0: Absolutely. And that's very much reflected in your runway shows and ad campaigns and everything. On that note, I'm going to kind of jump to one of these questions um, just about how your brand really centers kind of queerness and inclusivity and accessibility and we're starting to see a lot more of that now especially with like gen z and other brands kind of catching up as you said but how can these brands actually do it with integrity and edge as opposed to just following new marketing trends yeah
1: yeah no at the beginning I was you know when people started like casting um more different types of people I was excited and I think like if it is a marketing trend, it's a trend for the better. But then I realized that, you know, to be tokenized is such a painful experience, such a isolating and dramatic experience. So, you know, when you see brands hiring one black person or one trans person, and their whole like crew is all white or all cis, that isn't really pushing anything forward. It's not changing culture. It's just, it's more damaging. So I think it's really important not only to cast models that don't look like you or or come from all different types of places and backgrounds, but it's equally important, if not more important, that your crew, your photographer, your makeup artist, you know, the design team reflects those communities because that's sort of a more inclusive, like holistic um, experience. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the
0: things that I'm hearing you say as you're talking, honestly, like remind me a lot of Lotus House and how Lotus House operates as far as like, we take like a really holistic approach in involving the people that we serve in the leadership and in the operations of the shelter. It's a very holistic, inclusivity is really at the forefront. Um, So I know for people who are listening and like, oh, they have this fashion designer on their podcast, but like they're a woman's shelter. How are those things related at all? But to me, I actually see a lot of commonalities between our kind of mission as a shelter and your brand so I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit and how in your mind something like homelessness or a women's shelter intersects with fashion.
1: It's been such a pleasure and joy to work at Lotus like to lead um, the fashion design and and sewing classes. I guess for me like especially during the pandemic, I've been thinking a lot about mutual aid and skill sharing and, like, you know, it's definitely a community that Mm -hmm. has helped build my career. And I feel called to, like, share whatever knowledge I have with other people that are starting and feeling like a creative passion. So it's been a really amazing way to, like, share the knowledge that I've built. I think also, I don't know, for myself, when I learned how to sew – it was such an empowering experience because mm-hmm. finally my clothes could fit. And, like, being able to know how to tweak things, like take in the waist or, you know, take out the hem or bring up the hem. And that was such a great feeling when I started sewing was like, oh, finally, like, it's not my body that's wrong. It's just the clothes. I just need right. to fix the clothes, you know. And I think it made me feel more comfortable at my own body. So being able to just share, like, even simple little things like changing the hem on a skirt, like, being able to share those um skills with people you know I've saw multiple women come in and change Mm -hmm. things on their clothes and fix things and that's been so cool because I know how great it feels to have well-fitting clothes and like also like it affects how you feel about yourself and so I know it's you know at Lotus House every person is here to kind of develop themselves and and I think that how you look and how you fashion yourself and what you wear is part of that journey. Yeah. And the guests
0: absolutely love sewing. I mean, we, like you said, we have a lot of stuff in the art lab and a lot of different things that people can explore here, whether it's like ceramics or painting or whatever. But sewing is always like pretty consistently one of those things that people really, really enjoy and can really get into the flow with. Like we'll spend multiple hours without realizing it. So also thinking about at at the top of this interview when I was like listing all of your achievements like if we didn't know you face to face it would sound like a really like impressive (laughs) intimidating person but you're so easy to work with and you really do so well in the environment here like a lot of times it can be difficult to lead activities here because we have people of all ages there's people with their babies there's toddlers running around like there's people at all different skill levels but you were able to just like right off the bat adapt so quickly and make people feel so like included and welcomed. And I think that that's really thank you, just that's a reflection so nice. of like you and your brand as a whole. I
1: appreciate that. But yeah, learning how to sew while carrying a child in one arm that's like some like, yes, some highly specialized Yes, skills. you definitely
0: had someone breastfeeding while sewing <laughs> at I what mean, point super, during class? Superwoman. Yeah. Tell us more about your experience doing these sewing classes here. We've done it for two years now. Both times it was like a seven-week series culminating in a photo shoot and fashion show. So talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you and what your favorite part was. Oh,
1: It's been so fun. No, it's been great. Um, I think the best part for me, one of my favorite parts is like I'll bring in the you know, the foundation of a project, whether it's making a bag or making a bikini or tie-dyeing or whatever, the, the skills that we're doing that day. And I love seeing what people come up with because, mm-hmm. you know, I might have one idea and then, like, every person that comes to the class brings their own creativity and it's so much cooler than I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. I love to see, like, everyone is so creative and everyone has, like, ideas beyond my wildest imagination. So it's really fun to just lay the groundwork and then see how far people can take Mm -hmm. it and, like, you know, what colors they'll put together, what fabrics. I also really love the element of upcycling that we do in the class because, you know, the Lotus House thrift store supports by, like, providing garments. And so we're able to cut up, like, used clothes that give them a second life, whether it's making, like, a T-shirt into a bag or, yeah, like, making all kinds of things. So... I really feel like upcycling is the future. Personally, I feel like, you know, there's so many garments already in the world. Do we really need to make more? There's just so much material already made. So I personally love the idea of upcycling. I think it's so fun to be creative and like see what you can make out of something that already exists. And then I guess my other favorite part is like the runway shows and the photo shoots because there's so much energy and everyone encourages each other. And that's really fun to watch, like people hype each other up and. I really love that energy of like, yeah, encouragement and like people are doing makeup backstage, like, Mm -hmm. you know, fixing each other's outfits. I think that camaraderie and that collaboration and like that support is really sweet to see.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's very, it's very communal. It's very DIY. Yeah, I mean, our, our live events, all of those things like that, that we do in the pavilion, whether it's a fashion show or a talent show or like a holiday celebration that we do in the past, it's always a super super encouraging and supportive environment. I mean, a lot of the people have like never walked a runway before. They think that you have to be size two, five, ten to model at all. And so it's really, it's just really fun and empowering and no one's there to knock each other down. We're all there to just build each other up and have fun with it. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, you mentioned upcycling. I didn't I mentioned that when we talked about chroma, but that is one of my favorite things about your brand too is that sustainability is really built into it. A lot of your materials are made of upcycled fishing nets and doing whatever you can, like you said, to just not put more material into the world than is already needed. So yeah, it was fun to be able to incorporate the thrift store in our classes and use those materials. Lotus House is not the only... Miami org that you've collaborated with and you mentioned like mutual aid and kind of these communal networks. So how does um how did you kind of get your your footing in the Miami community and how does the Miami community inform your work?
1: Um Miami is everything. I love Miami. I moved here in 2018 and I've been so happy living here ever since. But I think the thing that really got me to think, "Oh, I could live here is um meeting artists that are like into the same issues and you know trying to change culture and make culture i guess more inclusive and like demanding respect for people who've been pushed to the margins i think seeing that there was so many cultural workers here doing that Mm -hmm. that really was like okay you know like i could live here this is like my people this is my community Mm -hmm. and um you know miami's gorgeous there's also a lot of issues like you know, the wealth disparity, the, um, it gets so hard to find an apartment here because, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people, unfortunately, like me coming from New York, moving here and, um, there's, you know, climate change is every day. It's like daily life here. You're seeing the water rising. There's a lot of things that need like urgent attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that being an active member of the communities that are trying to make a difference, like Debris-free oceans, like doing so many beach cleanups and calling attention to, you know, the water runoffs and the other things that are happening environmentally. Um, the Miami Workers Center, which mm-hmm. is an amazing yep. um tenants' rights and like worker rights organizations, so they just passed like the tenant the bill Tenancy of rights, rights to prevent, mm-hmm. you know, like tenants from being um evicted um without like proper process and So, yeah, there's there's people in Miami trying to make a difference and trying to make it a livable city for the people who are from here and for the people, you know, like you shouldn't have to make X amount to be able to just live. Right. In peace. Um, So, yeah, it's a gorgeous place. There's a lot of problems, too. So I think it's important to use whatever resources and whatever platform and whatever skills I have to further, you know, other people's like goals and, and help out wherever I can. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's it's very much a one-of-a-kind place. It's such a gem, but there are like so many issues that also deserve our attention and deserve responsible action from yeah. every party. Yeah, and I, I feel like Lotus House is very much a kindred spirit in advancing those goals of lifting everyone up in the community so that everyone can enjoy this beautiful place that has so many people from all over the world. Yeah, Miami's super special. So just in general, what does community mean to you?
1: Uh, I feel like the pandemic has shown how important community is more than anything. Like, you know, the government will not help us. We have to help each other. Like, we need to find each other baby formula. We need to find each other housing. We need to find each other, you know, like help each other make clothes and, and feed ourselves. It can't be... Every man for themselves. Like, we have to help each other. That's the only way we'll survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. So I think working together and being part of a bigger group of organizing people, I think it's always been super important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think community, too, it's part of it. A lot of like what you just said is like the survival of it. Like we need community to survive, but we also need the community to celebrate and I think that you kind of walk that line with your brand, too, of like moving it beyond just recognizing and marginalized people and, you know, tailoring to their needs, but also like celebrating their beauty and celebrating all the aspects of community that, you know, help us lead happy
1: lives, basically.
0: So is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about?
1: It's so fun doing Lotus House classes and yeah, I love them and it's such a great time to be creative with other people. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for donating all of your skills and time to
0: the sewing classes. Yeah. Thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it. This has been fun.
1: Yay. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah. Thank you, Becca.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much again to Becca for joining us on the show. I left that interview feeling inspired and hope that you, as a listener, shared in some of that joy. If you feel inclined to host a creative activity, runway event, or even sewing classes of your own, please reach out to the programming team at programming@lotushouse.org. Our art lab is open every day for any activity under the sun, and we would love to have your skills in our space. If you don't have the capacity to host an activity but still want to contribute, we could use your support on a few seasonal needs. Thanksgiving is rapidly approaching and we are accepting a variety of food donations for our house dinner. Following closely behind that is our annual holiday toy drive, and it always helps Santa and his special Lotus House staff to send in donations as early as possible so that we have ample time to sort and package each gift bag for all 250 of our children. At this time, we are also in urgent need of baby supplies and adult walkers with seats. Please head to the links in the show notes below for our Amazon wish list and details on each of these drives or reach out to love at lotushouse.org for any specific questions. On a more bittersweet note, this will be my last episode as host of Lotus Village Voices. It has been an absolute pleasure launching this show with our creative team, and I hope you've been entertained and informed by the 10 episodes we've put forth so far. I'm so excited to hand off the baton to our new host, Jeterika Lamans, a Lotus House alumni who works on our programming team. You'll hear all about her story when she formally introduces herself in the next episode. I can't wait for everyone to see her shine. As always, be sure to follow us on social media and Instagram at Lotus House Shelter to stay up to date on all our daily happenings and most exciting news. Please rate and review our show and share it with a friend or family member if you enjoyed this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.